This is Dion Miller, sports anchor at ABC7 in Chicago. You're listening to The Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Chad, another special episode of The Friendly Confines and a terrific guest this week. ABC7 Chicago sports anchor Dion Miller stopped by and joined us talking about what's next for the Cubs and what the future may look like, no matter how bleak it may be. You know, it is and it could be bleak, but also it's always darkest before the dawn. So hopefully Dion will give us a little bit of hope as well, because you know what, it's it's. You know, it's not quite the Germans bombing Pearl Harbor over speech time, but let's see how it goes. Dion was terrific to talk to. She's a great watch on ABC7. So here is our interview with ABC7 Chicago sports anchor Dion Miller on this special edition of The Friendly Confines. I am great as long as you don't make me sing anything. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm happy to fill the stretch with words, but not my voice. <laughs> I always I always tell our guests if they have the option of singing if they like, totally up to them. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. I am good with just talking. I, I totally point. understand. Well, there's definitely a lot to talk about with this Chicago Cubs team right now. I wish it was better because as yeah. somebody who's a diehard Cubs fan right now, I'm feeling kind of down, Dion. I, I guess the I'll just go right to it. You're looking at the Chicago Cubs ball club. Is it time to pull the plug on the season right now if, if you're looking at this team from a whole? Uh, you know, a week ago, can you believe you're saying this? I mean, a week ago, they were no hitting the Dodgers and they haven't won since. And and it's weird and it's bizarre. And I was struck last night after they lost to the Brewers again in a close game where they left a lot of guys on base and and Javi swinging for the fences and missing everything. And it's just and, and Rizzo and Bryant are on uh, on the bench, both of them not well. And the way that David Ross even answered that question was really hemming and hawing. And it's like, what's, what's, what's going on here? Like this, uh, you know, last week, literally seven days ago, all anybody was talking about is, well, this is Jed Hoyer's worst nightmare that Cubs are really good. And now he can't blow it up. And now here we sit, you're thinking you got to do something because this is not working. And that's really disheartening for obviously diehard fans, but for this franchise that was right there. And with each day, they're falling further and further behind and blowing it all up seems more of a reality than just some sort of topic of conversation. Yeah, it certainly is. So let's let's go there. I guess if you're Jed Hoyer, what's the first move you make right now at this point? Is it Craig Kimbrell? Do you start to shop Chris Bryan? I, I know we still have some time with the trading deadline, obviously, and probably another month. But are we starting to kind of maybe get in that mode and think to ourselves, all right, who are the parts that we ultimately think will be dealt first if they do decide to uh, be sellers? Well, I would think you would have to start with Chris Bryant because of, uh, but the price tag is so high for him and, and well-deserved, but does somebody want him for just a small amount of time? And then how that all figures in, I would think he would be top priority just because of what you could get in return, especially because of the way he's been playing I, more so than even Rizzo, because Rizzo's back is always questionable. And he, I think he, I hope he doesn't regret turning down 
whatever 70 million or whatever they are I hope he doesn't regret that because I think that's probably what he's going to end up getting no matter what and so I hope he doesn't regret that and it's disappointing they can't shop Javi because he's just not the player he wants he wants to be or we know he is and so I feel like it has to start with Chris and then possibly Kimbrel I mean it's been he's been so good uh, I, I feel like I'm over the Jake Arietta experiment like that. That was a fun time, but now he needs to go on the IL because he can't quite get right. And, and they just have such, such inconsistency on the mound. I feel like if you could get Kimbrel gone and, and bring back some arms that would help solidify that rotation a little bit more, I think that would be a positive step forward. So I would say Kimbrel Bryant, th- those are probably the two highest ticket items right now that Jed Hoyer is probably picking up the phone for, at least I would assume. Yeah. So let me try to be optimistic for a second. Then maybe we can go back to the kind of the realism of the situation. There could be a scenario where this team maybe writes itself. Obviously, it's a long season. We know we're in June right now. But is this team more of the team that we saw maybe uh, now? Or is this more of the team that we saw potentially in May? And maybe they can straighten themselves out. Where, Where do you stand on that? Well, you know, what's funny is that we don't know and we're like halfway through the season and it's still, and, and it's still, I mean, obviously every team can, you know, go either way, but you feel like this group is teetering on the brink of just absolute downfall or mediocrity. There's not this like clear cut direction that they could go in. And that is, I think, disappointing as well, especially for how well they played in May and even the position that they were in coming out of LA. I mean, those, those weren't, you know, they were in the games, I guess you could say so, but gosh, giving up 10 runs in the eighth inning to Milwaukee is not, is not divisional baseball the way the Cubs want to be playing. And then not being able to get runs across, not being able to manufacture their offense. I understand that they're, I guess, shorthanded, you would call it, but it, it, it's scary to think that this, I don't see them pulling the brakes on this as quickly as they've done in the past, because you, you go back to pitching because of pitching, like it's only as good as the next day's pitcher and gosh, love Zach Davies for his efforts last week. But that was a team effort. It wasn't just him. And so, and, and what we saw last night was just kind of the same, more of the same from him. Right. So, so we don't know what they could obviously write themselves. They are on June has been not nice to them schedule wise. They are on this crazy long road trip. Ian Happ said the other day, I don't remember traveling in daylight. Okay. So they've, they've been flying in in the middle of the night and playing night games and, and all of the things. And so you have to give some caveat to that because they're human, but at the same time, you wonder if coming home, and having more home games in the latter part of the season will help them write it out. It is such a long season, but five straight losses is telling. I mean, that that's something that's going to, that's going to cost you. I feel like in the end, this bullpen was so great for so long, but are we starting to maybe see some cracks because they've been used a little too much in your opinion? They've had to be, they've had to be. And, and I just, it's interesting, you know, Tapera falls apart and he, is now on IL and they're, they're just, I feel like they're shuffling bodies right now. Again, a week after they combined to throw a no hitter. And so I hope that they're not being overreactionary, but at the same time, they are being used a lot. They're being called on earlier and earlier. And, and with, with, even with Hendricks, even, you know, and, and Jake, obviously we already touched on that. And so, so I think that is why the bullpen has shown some cracks is just because of overuse and you can't blame them. Now, in light of that, Kimbrell's, ERA and the way he's performed has been outstanding. I mean, that's what they paid for last year. That's what they paid for when they got him. That's is what they wanted. So you have to give credit where it's due at the back end, but he can't do it by himself and they can't rely on him too much. And so, so I, I feel like that's probably, you're, you're exactly right. That overuse is probably a, the biggest reason that they're struggling and there's some inconsistency there. 
So hindsight's always uh, 2020, of course, but I'm sure there's lots of Cub fans, including myself, that are looking at what Kyle Schwarber's doing in Washington right now <laughs> and just saying to themselves, did we maybe get rid of him a little too early? I know it's easy to be an armchair quarterback now, but man, couldn't the Cubs use Kyle Schwarber's bat right now, in your opinion? Oh, and what's amazing is how many leadoff homers he's hit, right? And we, the Cubs tried to make him a leadoff guy and he couldn't do it. And now he's, it's otherworldly what he's doing. I've never seen anything like it. It's ridiculous. It's like every time he comes to the plate, he's, he hits one out. And I don't know if that's just that he's found a place that works, that he's, he's just in a different groove because he's matured or whatever. I'm not sure, but you do have, you have to look back and wonder, did they get rid of him too soon? I'm still mad. They got, got rid of Nick Castellanos. I, I mean, another guy who's consistent, who's just that, that kind of character that they always talk about the cub way. I felt like he fit so well in that clubhouse. And so I'm still upset that they didn't bring him back. And, and I guess you could look at anything like that. I, I grew up in, I mean, Ryan, I grew up in Cleveland. I grew up an Indians fan and a Browns fan. We are notorious for watching people leave our city and excel to heights that no one ever imagined. So I know that Cubs fans understand this too, that that often does happen. And then, then there is some regret. And it's also easy to look back when your team is struggling the way that they are offensively. I mean, it's just, it, and to see, I guess I, I'm more disappointed that we haven't seen the progress with the Cubs that you would want to see Ian Happ. Gosh, I love him to death, but he just can't get right off and can't get consistent offensively. And Javi, we already touched on is so inconsistent. And I feel like every time he comes to the plate, he is swinging for Fernando Tetti's money, right? Like that's what he's swinging for every single time. It's like, just, just hit the ball, just make contact. We don't, you don't need to be the superstar right now. Just hit the ball, move the runner. It's manufactured the offense, you know? And so I think that's why what Schwarber's doing looks so grand and enticing because the Cubs in their reality right now are struggling so much. You know, it's so funny you bring up, and I think in this world we live in with Twitter, where there's so many people that don't remember this, but I'm of a certain age where I remember the whole ex-Cub factor, the Joe Carters, the Raphael Palmeros, <laughs> the Rick Russells. I mean, I remember being able to put together a roster on paper that had all these ex-Cubs that basically went on to bigger and better things once they left the Cubs. So to me, this is something that I'm used to. I think if you're in the age <laughs> bracket of born, you know, in the 19, late 1980s or 1990s, you're probably not used to this as a Cubs fan. But this is something I'm well used to seeing this uh, <laughs> unfold over the many years I've been a Cubs fan. Well, you mentioned Joe Carter. I mean, the Indians benefited from Joe Carter. So that was actually, we, we appreciated that. He was one of my favorite players growing up. <laughs> right. so funny, but you're right. It is. It's it, if you're older and you remember that, that pattern, this isn't surprising, right? That Schwarber would go somewhere else and excel as he has. And, and to be on a team with Davey Martinez and, you know, all these ex Cubs and to feel comfortable being there with John Lester and, and, and feel, I think there is a comfort level too, that maybe he's just found his groove in the moment. Um, it's, it's been fun to watch. That's for sure. And good for him. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Do you think there's anybody on this roster that's even remotely untouchable or is everybody for grabs at this point? You think if they continue to swoon, like they have been. I think that everybody has to be on the table. I, I don't like that because of, especially because of those core guys that were part of 16 and they've been part of this, uh, this, this franchise and in that clubhouse and really built that foundation. I don't, I don't want to see that ripped apart. I, my, my son will cry real tears if Anthony Rizzo goes anywhere, but, but I also feel like that's the whole point is to rebuild and, and, and find a new group, right? The whole point is to bring in something fresh. That's going to change things around. And, and I, you know, you wonder, did Theo know, did Theo see this coming? I think he did. And so 
you know, he's, he, he, we trust, they trust Jed to make the right decisions at this point. And I think it, they have to put everything on the table. I would hope that they would keep, keep a Rizzo. I would hope that they would um, invest in some of the, and, and Hendricks and keep those guys here. But, but it, I mean, right. They have to throw everything at the wall at this point. You can't watch the other team eight miles South of you bring up prospect after prospect and ha- watch them shine and fall further and further behind. They don't want to be in that position again. Yeah. Do you think fans are going to be okay with this team being blown up? I think there's two sides of it. I think there's the side that you can say, hey, listen, they're just not good enough. It's time to rebuild. And then there's the other side of fans that are probably going to be upset with the Ricketts saying, you're the third largest market. You're multi-multi-billionaires. Why aren't we able to keep a competitive team? What do you think the vibe in the city will be like if this team has to start all over again? Well, I mean, I, I think you and I both know that the, the touchy feelies that fans get are not from seeing Tom Ricketts. It's from seeing Rizzo and Brian and Baez and Contreras and, and Hap and those guys. That's, that's where the emotion comes out for this team. And I feel like they, there will be some divisiveness there because the Ricketts do have the, they do have the money. They could sign all three of those guys again, but at what cost, first of all, and second of all, what exactly are they getting for that money? I think that's in question now as these guys have gotten older and especially Rizzo and dealt with that, those chronic injuries that keep popping up for him that I think are always going to. Now, I would love for him to stay a Cub forever, but again, you have to, they have to weigh all of those costs as to, will it make us competitive? Because that, that's what the fans want too. They don't want these like trips to Milwaukee that are embarrassing. They don't want that. They don't want to go out to LA and get beat by the Dodgers again and again. That's not what they want. They don't want the Padres suddenly you know, beating them up too. Like they, they don't, this is not what the fan base wants. So I think there's some divisiveness, but for those who truly understand, I think they can get on board with moving forward and making the team better. Yeah. And I have to say in my rational sense that I I think the one guy you keep out of all of them is Rizzo. I think you can get rid of Bryant, you can get rid of Baez and you can trade Contreras with Amaya in the minors. I think when it's all said and done, me personally, I'd be okay with Rizzo just being the only one left. What What do you think of that assessment? I I would too because I feel like his leadership has really his his voice carries so much weight in the clubhouse, along with David Ross. But they also have a relationship that I feel like would 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 that would reflect well around the clubhouse, especially for young guys coming in and finding their way. And and I I, I would I think I think I would be okay with that. It would be weird but I do think I would be okay with it depending on what they can get back for those guys. And when I, I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe Baez might end up being here a little bit longer just because of the way his season has unfolded. But again, there's a lot of time left. I, I do believe they'll be busy at the trade deadline. Um, no matter what happens here. Dion Miller, you can catch her on ABC seven news throughout the week. And on the weekends, you can find her on Twitter at D Miller, ABC seven. Dion, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. We'd love to have you back anytime. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Same. I would be happy to join anytime. Thank you. We'd love to have you. And somewhere, I feel like Brett Butler, Pat Tabler, and Tom Candiotti (laughs) are smiling somewhere. Oh, my gosh. My favorites. I could go around the whole Brooke Jacoby. I could go around the whole thing. I love it. I love it. And our thanks once again to Dion Miller from ABC. Great. Absolutely terrific. You can find her on Twitter at DMillerABC7. So be sure to check her out there, Chad. 
And I just loved her insight on so much. She really knows what she's talking about, of course. There's no question about that. But um, hopefully, hopefully this is just a short retool and rebuild. But uh, Dion providing some great insight to what this team could look like in the coming weeks. I got to tell you, if, if a number three market team goes through a full-scale rebuild that lasts another full season, I'm going to, that's going to, going to be anarchy, Ryan, anarchy, but we'll get into that more on our next show. But I love these special editions. Here's the key. It, you don't hear all of it because we can't pack it into our regular show. So keep listening. And by the way, tweet at us. I'm at uh, the Chad Gordon. Ryan is at Ryan D. Lieber. Challenge us. We've had some of the best guests you're going to find on a fan-based uh, Cubs podcast. Challenge us to go go after somebody. You want Joe Buck? We already had him. You want Chris Myers from Fox Sports and Marquee Network? Already had him. You want Boog? You want you want Pat? We got him. We've had him. Um, challenge us. We'll get him. We absolutely will. So that's going to wrap things up on this special edition of the Friendly Confines for Dion Miller and Chad. I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good See one. Ballpark. See you in the ballpark. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're healed the first time you walk into Wrigley